going to invite Ellery to come forward to, to lead us into reading God's word together. But as we do so, I want to offer, um, offer a prayer. This comes from, uh, I say old, it's not that old, it's, it's probably 20 years old. It's from a Mercy Me song. Some of you may remember Mercy Me. Um, they had a song, is that old? That's old now, right? Yeah. Uh, the people who know this song, they think, yeah, that's old. Um, it's from a Mercy Me song, but I think it kind of sets the tone for the scripture reading that we're going to, uh, we're going to have this morning. So, Ellery, if you want to come forward um, as we uh, prepare to read from God's word, I want to read just this verse, this chorus from a song uh, called Word of God Speak. So hear these words uh, as a prayer and as an invitation to our hearts uh, as we hear from the word this morning. Word of God Speak, would you pour down like rain, washing our eyes to see your majesty. To be still and know that you're in this place. Please let us stay and rest in your holiness. Word of God, speak. Amen. So I'm reading from 1 Samuel uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12, like Jeff said. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. Thank you, Ellery. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. One other thing I meant to mention earlier, as we give of our offerings, one of the things that allows us to do is to continue helping other people hear the voice of God, particularly younger folks. We're going to have an opportunity um, this summer, particularly with this example, um, this summer to do VBS again. And the uh, last couple of years, it's been a little different just because of COVID and everything, but we're going to have in-person VBS like we used to for years um, here at the church the last week of June. I think it's the 27th through the 30th. And so if you have a child or you know a child or you know a child in your neighborhood or your friend has a child, whatever, we would love for them to come and be a part of, of hearing and, and learning the stories of Jesus through Vacation Bible School. And so there's a preview of, of that Vacation Bible School happening in the chapel right after the service. And so if you want to head over that way um, in the chapel space, it's kind of out that door and to the right. And then uh, you'll come into the chapel where they have a kind of a preview set up so you can get a view of, of what it's going to look like, talking about um, just learning about the stories of Jesus through Jerusalem. Um, the church is going to be transformed into that. Opportunities for, for children to learn about Jesus. Opportunities for anyone of any age to serve and to help out for VBS. 
text. So um, just a reminder that as, we, as you give your offerings this morning, that is one of the ways in which God uses uh, our offerings to teach everyone the love of Christ. And so I hope you'll uh, take the chance to participate in BBS in some form this summer. So we have a, a kind of a nightly ritual that happens in our house. Um, every time, just kind of before dinner happens, somehow the, the kids end up being scattered like in different places. I have three kids, um, and uh, they're, they're 11, 9, and, and 5. And uh, right before dinner, like I, I would think that by now everybody kind of knows what's coming. Like we're all hungry, right? They're all waiting. They'd come up several times. Hey, can I have a snack? Can I do this? Whatever. Um, and then right before dinner, uh, I will call to them, Kids, and, and like, sometimes there's, like, a couple of different responses that I get, right? Like, one, sometimes I'll just call, hey, kids, and I'll hear from three different places, what? And I'm like, okay, like, it's dinner time. You've been asking me forever, like, when are we going to eat? Like, what do, you, what do you think I'm calling you for right now? Like, what, what, what might that be? What do you think? And then other times if I don't want to, like, yell, have that back and forth exchange, if, if there's one of the kids who are near me, I'll ask them, hey, can you, um, can you let your siblings know that it's time for dinner? And you already know what they do, right? Yeah. Time for dinner! And they just yell. I'm like, I, I could have done that. Thanks. I meant, would you go get your siblings and bring them here for dinner? Um, and then there's the third, uh, the third kind of response. And this one um, is, is a little more frustrating for me uh, sometimes. I'll call, and then there's like no answer. Right? And, and, and finally, I'll figure, and sometimes I'll get a couple of them, and, and, and our, my littlest guy is five. He's five years old, and um, he is kind of famous for this right now. Uh, whatever he's doing, he's very engaged in. And so I'll call, he won't answer. I'll call, he won't answer. Finally, and, and I'm like, my volume's raising like the whole time, right? And finally, I'm like, okay, fine. And so I like trudge upstairs or find wherever he is, and I'm like, hey, buddy. And he'll look up, and, and I'll say, did, did you hear me call? And he'll go, yeah. Why, why didn't you come? And he'll just go. <laughs> like, buddy, come on, you're killing me here. So today we're going to talk about what it means to be called. <laughs> and, and what it means to hear the voice of someone who's calling us. What it means to hear God's voice this morning. We heard kind of the opposite uh, story in the story that, um, that Ellery just read for us from the book of Samuel. Samuel hears the voice of the Lord, isn't quite sure who it is, um, and then goes to find out, and it comes to find out eventually that it is the Lord's voice calling. Um, and this is a beautiful story for a lot of reasons, uh, and we placed it in this series and in this context um, because Samuel is really young at this time. He's probably about 12 years old um, when this happens. And yet, so it's just, again, a reminder that it doesn't matter how old we are, we can all hear the voice of God calling. We can all hear the voice of God calling. And so a little bit of background on this story. Um, Israel had been in the promised land for, for a while at this point. They had, they had come into the promised land. They had kind of done their thing. They, they were starting to live life together a couple hundred years uh, or so. And Moses, you might remember, had kind of appointed different judges to sort of be in charge of different areas within, um, within God's kingdom, within the, the kingdom of Israel. And so um, within the people of Israel, I should say. Uh, there wasn't a king yet, and that's, we're going to get to that in just a second. Um, so ju judge, judges had been kind of appointed for different areas, and they all kind of ran things um, the way they saw fit. And, but after a couple hundred years, I, I don't know about you, but we, I tend to forget sometimes God's faithfulness. I mean, I haven't been around that long. I haven't been around a couple hundred years, but I know that people tend to forget sometimes God's faithfulness and the ways that God is with us uh, and the ways that God invites us to live. And I think that's kind of what happened to the people of God in the time of the judges. 
And things had kind of descended into a little bit of chaos. Um, there was no clear leader among the people. There were just all these different judges. Um, they had forgotten God's faithfulness. And so when we read the book of Judges, when we get to the end, um, it, it says one of the last things it says is that everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And you can imagine how that might devolve into just chaos and, and a lot of not good things happening. And so this is where we are when we get to Samuel's story, um, when we get to the call of Samuel. And I want to back up even, even a little bit more before that. And we read from chapter 3, um, but if you go back and read the first couple chapters, you'll hear about Samuel's mother, Hannah, uh, one of the most famous women in the Bible. She um, desperately, desperately wanted to have children and was unable to and prayed over and over and over to God um, that they might have children. And that might be some of your story. That might be a story of someone that you know. Um, and, and sometimes it happens that you're able to have children, and sometimes you're not. And it is a really difficult thing either way. And, and we just celebrated Mother's Day last week. And so I feel like the story of Hannah is such a beautiful story of what it means to be a mother and to be faithful to God's calling. To be, um, But at the same time, I know that it's also, it can be a really difficult thing, especially for those who, who long for children and can't have them for, for whatever reason. But I love the picture of, of Hannah's faithfulness. She prayed unceasingly, and you read about it in the first couple chapters there. And in fact, she prayed so much and so fervently that one time she was in the temple praying, and she was just praying, and she was just moving, her lips were moving as she was praying. And Eli, the priest that we, that we just heard about, Eli came in and was like, what are you, are you okay? Are you, he actually thought she was drunk. Like, are you, are you okay? What are you doing? She's like, no, 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 I'm pouring out my heart to the Lord for a child. And Eli blessed her and said, go, uh, and you'll be blessed. And, and sure enough, she was able to become pregnant and, and have a son, Samuel. And so her prayer was answered. And she says this in Samuel 1, 27. For this child, I have prayed, and the Lord has granted me the petition that I made to him. Therefore, she says, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is given to the Lord. And what a beautiful posture for, for those of us who are parents. Um, we are given a gift that we, we can't sometimes have control over, right? Uh, we never have control over them once they're, once they're born. Um, and yet, uh, we, by Hannah's example, are invited to have the posture of, this is a gift that I got from God, and I am, it's just, it's on loan, and, I, and I'm going to give it back to God for as long as this child is alive we give our children back to God, trusting in God's grace, God's provision, God's faithfulness uh, to care for them. I love that. It, it's, it's just a beautiful example of, of parenthood. It's also a beautiful example of the power of parents who are praying, right? The power of parents and others. You don't have to be a parent to pray for children. Um, lots of people. <laughs> our, our whole community, we just saw the most beautiful example of that, right, in Confirmation. Uh, these last couple of weeks, we saw prayer partners and mentors who were in prayer conversations regularly with our confirmands and helping them walk through life and make decisions about following Jesus. This is just a, it's such a beautiful example of what that looks like, the power of praying parents and leaders. And so 1 Samuel chapter 2, Hannah gives us this huge prayer of thanksgiving. And I, I just, this is probably a sermon for another time, but I just want to encourage you, if, if you are in that place of praying desperately for a child and you, and you, you haven't been given that gift yet, um, keep praying. Keep praying. It might not happen. Um, and that's okay. And we can walk with you through that. 
Uh, it's not okay, but we can walk with you through that. Um, but keep praying because you never know uh, what might happen. You never know what God might do in your life to bless you with a child. I, I have a friend who a, a group of us prayed this prayer over them for years and years and years. They were told 95% chance like this, this is not happening because of your bodies. It's just not going to happen. And his two beautiful daughters now. Um, so it, it, it can happen. We don't, I'm not saying that if you pray this prayer, God will grant, but I'm just saying it can happen. It can happen. Let us walk with you uh, on that journey and pray with you and join you in that fervent prayer that we see uh, Hannah demonstrating for us all. And so Hannah dedicates her son to the Lord. And as we keep reading, 1 Samuel 2.26 says, And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. Does that sound familiar at all? That, that was said of Jesus last week uh, when we preached from, when, when Vern preached from Luke chapter 2. It said, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with people. So I feel like that's a, that's a really cool tie-in from last week um, to this week. But let's jump into the text a little bit more here. So verse 1, it says that in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. The word of the Lord was rare. And that word rare is kind of a, in some translations, it's translated precious. It's like this thing. It's almost like a, like a jewel, like a thing that's very hard to come by, but incredibly, incredibly valuable. And again, remember the judges, this is a time when everyone did what was right in their own eyes. There was a lot of chaos. There wasn't a lot of uh, organized dedication, faithful following of, of the Lord and the Lord's commandments at the time. So in those days, uh, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. In fact, in verse 3, it says Eli, who was the priest at the time. So the priest was in charge of doing all that, kind of leading the religious life of the people of God, right? The, the, Eli would lead the sacrifices that were made. Eli would lead the, the prayers and the worship in the temple. Eli would gather people and kind of act as a, a, a mediary uh, between God and God's people. Um, Eli was the, the central religious figure as the priest, uh, the central religious figure in the day. And it says that Eli's eyesight had become so dim that he could not see. And a lot of times, um, that's a, kind of pay attention when we hear Bible writers tell stories like that and say that Eli's eyesight had become dim. It's kind of a clue that maybe Eli has lost his way as well, right? Um, and if you read the, the rest of Eli, uh, chapters 1 and 2 of 1 Samuel, you'll read about Eli's sons who had absolutely lost their way. They were also a part of the priesthood because they were born into that family. They were part of that lineage, and they were trained just like Eli was um, to take care of all the religious aspects of, of the people of God. And Eli's sons had become corrupt. They had, um, they had begun taking things from the offerings that didn't belong to them. They belonged to God. Um, they would get first dibs on things and leave other people out. Um, not good. This is not a good thing. And that's what Eli's sons were doing. Eli tried to correct them. It didn't happen. Um, and so God brought somebody into their lives and said, hey, uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to call an end to this. We're not going to continue like that. Um, and Samuel was one of those people. There was another prophet that told them uh, that things would not end well for Eli or his sons. Um, but let's get back to, to Samuel. We'll come, more, we'll come back to that a little bit more later. So Samuel, like I said before, was probably about 12 years old or so. And he had lived in the temple his whole life. He, he was brought there when he, after he was born and, and weaned from his mother. He was probably maybe three years old or so. He actually lived in the temple. He helped. He watched Eli every day do all the things that Eli did to lead as a priest, to lead the people of God in worship. He helped out. He, he helped prepare things. He helped uh, with the prayer life. He was, he was there. He was in the, in the game, right? And Eli was kind of like a father figure for him in that way because Samuel actually lived in the temple. And we see that he had gone to sleep for the night and he was sleeping near the Ark of the Covenant. 
And just, again, sort of symbolism, like the, the Ark of the Covenant for in that time was, was a sign of God's presence. It was a tangible symbol of God's presence with God's people. And so this is where Eli is hanging out. This is where Eli is, 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 is leading God's people. And this is where Samuel, as well, is learning to follow in those footsteps. And so he's about 12 years old uh, around the time, and he hears uh, this voice calling his name, Samuel, Samuel. And it says in verse 7, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And so Samuel's response is, here I am. And he runs to Eli, of course, because that's who you would assume made the, the call, right? You heard the voice, it's probably Eli, probably needs something. So he runs to him. We have this whole back and forth three different times. God calls Samuel, Samuel. And Eli says, here I am. And it's not, uh, uh, sorry, Samuel says, here I am. And Eli finally, after the third time, says, hey, you know what? That, that might be God trying to talk to you. I mean, I feel like that's kind of almost, I don't know if the writers intended it that way, but it seems almost funny, right? They're saying, like, he's having trouble seeing, like, the people are in chaos and distress. It takes him three times of this kid running to him saying, hey, uh, you called me to be like, oh, wait a second. There's another who speaks <laughs> in our midst. There's another who gives us direction. There's another who's faithful to, to call and to, to be involved in our lives. So Eli, in his failing eyesight and his failing uh, ways of leadership, discerns, hey, uh, this might be the Lord, Samuel. So it happens again. I want you to go back and I want you to answer. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I think there's a few things we can learn from this example of hearing, Samuel hearing the call of God. I think one of them is that we all sometimes need people to help us discern God's voice in our lives. Especially in times of, again, thinking back to where the Israelites were, there was chaos, there was disorder, uh, there was a a lack of, of, of unity and vision around following God's call, around being God's people. And I'm not saying that's necessarily where we are, but I, but I do know that, man, we are in a time of just, like, utter busyness, aren't we? Like, just so many things happening and, and vying for our attention and, and so many ways uh, to become distracted or, or just kind of aloof or, or, or even forget about God's faithfulness and God's presence in our lives. And so I think this is, again, a good reminder that, hey, sometimes we need other people uh, to come alongside us and, and, and just even just ask the question, like, hey, what, what's God up to in your life lately? Where do you hear God? And, and, and maybe that's a weird question. Maybe nobody's ever asked you that before. Um, but I think this scripture is a reminder to, to, to ask that question of one another. We're going to have an opportunity to hear from some of you this summer when we start our gatherings on the lawn out here uh, during the Sunday school hour in just a few weeks. And that's one of the questions we ask. What's, what's God up to in your life lately? We have a chance to hear from one another the ways that God is moving. And so that'll be uh, coming up in June. We'll be out on the lawn just before this service starts. I invite you to come to those. Those are really powerful times of, of testimony and hearing uh, how God's moving in our midst. And sometimes, like I said, sometimes it takes somebody else to ask that question or to help us discern, hey, is this, from, is this maybe God's voice calling? Is this maybe an invitation or an opportunity uh, to step out in faith and to follow God, follow Jesus a little more closely? Four times, (laughs) four times the Lord calls, and it takes Eli saying, hey, it it might be God. One other thing I want to say about that, sorry. If you have someone like that 
in your life who helps you discern the voice of God? Would you just give God thanks for them right now? I mean, just say, say a, a, a prayer in the silence of your heart and, and give God thanks for them. Maybe write them a note this week and just say, hey, I really appreciate you coming alongside and, and helping me uh, at different points. Whatever, but you know the points. You know when, when people show up in your life. And if you would like to be one of those people, many of you are. I know, as I said, confirmation, you had a chance to do that. A lot of you did. Um, to walk along someone uh, who's learning to, to walk with Jesus. Um, thank you for being that person. And if you long to be one of those people, come and talk to me or Vern or uh, Danae or Patty or Ed, anybody here, Laura, uh, we'd be glad to help you um, find a place where you can serve as a mentor, as a, as a fellow discerner of God's voice uh, for someone who's seeking the presence of God. I think it's really encouraging that God keeps calling, <laughs> right? Thank God, because we don't always hear on the first try, do we? Samuel heard four times before he find out, found out that it is God calling, but, but God keeps inviting. And I, I just want to encourage you in this way, too, this morning from the scripture. If you feel like there is a way that God is calling you, and it might not be audible, God might not scream, you know, say your name out loud four times uh, in the middle of the night, but God speaks through dreams. God speaks through friends and opportunities and challenges and the things that are going on around, on around us. God speaks through all of those ways to get our attention sometimes, to, to snap us out of the chaos, to encourage us to return to, to God again, maybe if we've found our way off the path. God uses lots of ways to speak to us, and it's not always an audible, hey, Although if it is, I definitely want to hear your story and we want to get you on the lawn and we want to talk about that this summer. So come and tell me about it. Um, but God uses lots of ways uh, to get our attention and God continues to call. And I just, again, I just want to talk a little bit more about that. It might be, it might not be a, a voice. It might just be a sense, like a, a feeling, right? We have the very, because of Pentecost, which we're going to celebrate in a couple of weeks, we have the, the very spirit of the living God. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, uh, God sent the Holy Spirit to be with us and to guide us and to speak to us. So it might just be like this sense that, hey, I feel like there's like this thing that I'm supposed to be a part of. I feel like God's, in, I feel like, and you might not even name it, you might not even know that it's God. Like, you just feel like there's something, there's something going on here. There's something more that's, that's happening. Um, I, I, I've told you guys a little bit about my call uh, to ministry, but I, I think what I want to say is if you feel like there's that you have that sense, um, it's, it's probably not going to go away if it is from God, <laughs> all right? If you have that sense that like, hey, there's something maybe I'm supposed to make an action about here. I'm, I'm supposed to do something. I'm supposed to take a step in a direction. I, I, if you keep having that come up and it keeps reminding you and through a song that you heard on, uh, you know, or a, or a worship song or I, some word that somebody gave you or something that somebody said or some scripture that you read in your quiet time, if it's, if it's something that just kind of comes up and you're wondering if that's from God, it probably is. And it's probably not going to go away until you respond to it in some way, shape, or form. Um, I, I've shared with you some of my call to ministry where I ended up uh, on the beach and, and felt like God was inviting me to go to seminary and take the next step to become a, a fisher of, of people. Um, I've shared that story before, but I, what I haven't shared, I don't think, is that um, that was kind of the penultimate. That was like the time when I finally was like, okay, God, I got it. 
But that sense of like that something else, like that feeling that maybe there was something else that God was inviting me to, that, that, that sort of stirring in my, in my soul, that started years before. Uh, several years before, actually. When I was living in, in Colorado and um, I had just, again, just had this sense that maybe there's something else that God's inviting me to. Um, and through the prayer and, and through the counsel of, of wise friends and, and companions on the journey, uh, my friend David, my friend Michelle, uh, my friend Trent, who happened to be a pastor, uh, in conversations with all of those people, just like those people I was mentioning earlier, um, thank you to Trent and Michelle and, and David uh, for being that in my life, um, helping me explore that. And so I ended up going out to, uh, to a seminary in California just to kind of see, just do like a visit, uh, visitation, kind of a, I don't know, um, just a preview th- sort of thing and see if that was for me. And um, I came away from that feeling like, no, this, for whatever reason, this isn't it. Um, and so I kind of moved on from that for that time. But that thing that was in the back of my head, like that thing that was stirring in my soul, it never, it never went away. And it wasn't until three years later uh, when I had moved across the country and I had met a couple of other friends, um, another guy named Dave and, and a guy named Russ, who helped encourage me to... Russ flat out asked me, how are you going to respond to God's call on your life? I was like, wow, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. That's a very pointed question. Anyway, this came from uh, being able to do life together with other people and, and being able to discern together the call of God's, uh, of God's voice in your life. And it, it, it might not be to ministry. Like, I'm not saying you all need to have a call to, like, go to seminary and become... Like, no, that, that's, not, that's not it. But what it is is God is always calling. God is always inviting us to something, to something new, to something different. And that, if that's in the back of your mind, talk to other people about it. Pray about it. Um, ask, ask for help discerning. God's voice. And again, there's no, I think the thing that's encouraging about this scripture is there's no age limit for when God is going to speak to you, right? Abraham, when Abraham was called, 99 years old when he was called to be the father of many nations. Moses, Moses was 80. He was 80 years old when God came to him and said, hey, go to the like most powerful person in the world and tell them, let my people go and lead like all the, 80 years old, you guys. He was 80 when he was called. Samuel, on the other end of the spectrum, is 12. That's the same age as our confirmands that we just celebrated, right? The same age. God speaks to people of all ages and invites them. God, God stirs our souls and invites us into God's kingdom coming, uh, no matter our age. And God continues to invite and continues to ask. There's so many ways. Uh, the Confirmands, again, if you, listen, if you haven't had a chance, I know Vern said this last week too, if you haven't had a chance to watch the confirmation service from a couple weeks ago, please go and do that. Um, do that sometime this week and just be encouraged by the ways that each one of them shared their gifts with our congregation. They shared the ways that God was moving in their lives. They shared the difference that Jesus made to their to their, to their being, to their souls, to their existence. It's just a beautiful, a beautiful testimony in all the ways that they shared. There's so many ways that you can do that. It's just, and, and again, I, I want to say this to everybody of any age. If you feel that stirring, like that, that thing that doesn't go away, man, just dig into that. Press into that. Spend some time with that. Pray over that. Ask people like myself or any of the other pastors, hey, can we have a conversation about this? Because I feel like God's maybe leading me in this, but I don't know what to do next. Ah, oh, those are like my favorite. Like, that's the best part of what I get to do. I love to have those kind of conversations. So come talk to me. It can be very simple. Um, my kids, I was kind of getting on them earlier for not listening when I call them to dinner, so I'll say something else that's a little nicer this time. Um, 
my oldest daughter uh, this past week found out about somebody who had a rough time and, uh, and decided to make a card for them and had a bunch of her friends sign it and, and gave it to her and just said, hey, I hope you're, hope you're encouraged by that. It can be something that simple. My other daughter made a card to welcome a new student into her class because it would be really difficult to join a new class that's already in progress. And she didn't end up coming, but it just the, the thought was, I feel like those are responses, right? Those are, those are saying yes to God's invitation to spread joy and, and peace and, and to answer God's call in the world. It can be something really simple, but it's up to us to, to listen and to discern. So I'd love to talk with you more about that if, that's, if you're in that place. But I'll just say this. Um, sometimes it's not easy <laughs> to respond to that call. The fourth time God calls, uh, Samuel says, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And we didn't read that part, but if you continue reading past where, where Ellery stopped today, we hear about God's, essentially God's judgment on Eli and his family because of their disobedience, because of their lack of faithfulness, because of the ways that they took advantage of God's people, particularly Eli's sons. Now remember who's getting this word, right? This is 12-year-old Samuel is being told this person that has kind of raised him his entire life, this person that he looks up to as, a, as, a, as an influence, uh, as, a, as, a, as a father, really, um, Samuel's being told this message from God. Hey, uh, go tell that guy that you really revere, that guy who has, like, all the power over the religious life and all of Israel, like, all of my people. Like, go tell that person uh, that his time is up. Go tell that person that he has been evil, he has been disobedient, he hasn't listened, he has not led well, uh, and I'm raising up somebody else to lead uh, because he hasn't done his job. In fact, go tell him that he is going to lose both of his sons on the same day. This is a message that a 12-year-old had to go give to an authority figure, to a, to, a, to a dad in his life. That is, wow, that's a hard call, isn't it? Sometimes God calls us to do really difficult things. But God promises to be with us in the midst of those calls and those invitations. And so... Uh, so, so Samuel obeys, and he goes, and, and Eli kind of tells him, hey, can you just tell, go ahead and tell me, the, tell me the news? I think Eli had an idea, because he'd heard already that things were not going to go well for him um, going forward. But he says, tell me the news, and, and he does, and, and Samuel obeys and delivers the message that God gave to him. He obeys, and he listens. And what happens, God keeps blessing him and, and raises up Samuel into a position of leadership and influence in the religious life and in the community life of God's people. Samuel's kind of the last judge in the, in the era of judges, and he, he actually ends up anointing and, and, and raising up and, and empowering the first two kings of Israel, Saul and David. Samuel becomes so powerful and influential um, because of his obedience, because of his willingness to listen to God's call, that God uses him to kind of make the transition from a time when people did what was right in their own eyes into a time when they were led and united and unified by a king like David. And, and the kings, like, go bad, too. Uh, just spoiler alert. Um, that doesn't always go great either. But, um, but this is what happened uh, to Samuel. He was, he was used by God, and he was willing uh, to listen, to be available, as we just sang, uh, for the mission that God had for him, for the word that he had given him. And uh, it's not always easy to respond to that call. It might be uncomfortable. 
It might require us to change in some way. Um, very sadly, um, yesterday, some of you might have heard, there was, there was another mass shooting, um, this time in Buffalo, New York, um, where somebody had driven a couple hundred miles into a, a, a young white man, had driven a couple hundred miles into a predominantly black neighborhood and into a, a supermarket and opened fire. And uh, at least 10 people lost their lives. And um, it's hard to believe that that is happening again and still and again. Um, and so, I, I, but I just want to encourage you this morning that, I don't know, can you, like, I, I, I can't imagine um, to have to fear for my life to go to the grocery store and, and buy, like, the stuff that my family needs to eat. Like, I can't imagine what that must feel like. Um, and so, there are people in our community who are afraid, rightly so there are people in our community who don't know what's coming next. There are people who are in our community who are angry and who are tired of seeing the effects of racism in our country as it's still so much on the front pages and in the news and in the reality of life. Sometimes it's hard to respond to God's call and God's invitation in our lives. But I wonder this week if if you know someone, if you particularly if you know if you have a friend who happens to be an African American or happens to be a person of color. Um, man, reach out and just say, hey, I, I don't know how you feel. I don't know what it feels like. I, mean, I don't know what it feels like to be black and living in Boone. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what that feels like. Um, but I have friends who do. Um, and sometimes it's hard. And, and, and so I just want to encourage you again today. Um, if this is one of the ways <laughs> that you feel God tugging on your heart, say, hey, like, be a part of something helpful. Be a part of something healing. Be a part of of uh, something good in the world. Um, I don't know. Come, come talk to me. Um, what might God be inviting us to this week in, in the wake of another trauma? Uh, what conversations might God be inviting us to? What, what ways might God be inviting us to hold space with people and friends who are hurting um, and who are angry and who are sad? Um, it could be that. It could be, it could be something else. It could be people who, I know there are people, some in this room, who have been given really, really difficult diagnoses. I know there are people in this room who have lost loved ones um, before their time. Um, so I wonder what the invitation might be to us this week in the midst of that. Uh, to be somebody who says, hey, I, God, I just feel like you're inviting me to, to be a friend to this person. And I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. It's, it might be, I, I like, I, what, what do you say sometimes, right? What God said through Jesus Christ is, I am with you. I am with you always. God, through Jesus, said, Jesus said, here I am, and stretched his arms out on the cross. Before he left, said, I will be with you always to the end of the age. And so I think that's such an important reminder that when we hear God's voice and we doubt and we're not sure, is that God, how do I respond? What do I do? Uh, Jesus said, I already did. I already did it all. I already did it all for you. And I am for you. And I am with you. And all I'm asking is that you will be available, that you will be open, just like Samuel was, to say, Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. 
as pastor of uh, spiritual formation and discipleship, um, like I said, I, I'm so excited to have these kinds of conversations. If you feel like God might be speaking in your life, but you don't know what to do with it, uh, come talk to me. Um, we can do spiritual direction together. We can just have a conversation together where we ask, like, what, God, what are, you, what are you saying here? What are you inviting us to? I'd love to be a partner with you in that. And I know any of the other pastors uh, would as well. So I just want to take a moment um, as we close today to, to consider whether there's a situation that God put on your heart in the last weeks. Um, maybe it's something that God brought to your attention this morning, even as, as scripture was read or as we proclaimed um, the good news that God calls, but God also equips and God is with us. I wonder if there's a situation that you're thinking about. I wonder if I'm supposed to do something with that. I want to take a minute to think about that and to pray about that together this morning. I wonder if there's, if you're sitting here and you're going, man, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything. I, I haven't heard God's voice in years. Let's, let's spend some time with that. And let's pray about that. And let's ask God to, to show up. Let's ask God to bring people to have conversations with, to, to discern together. Where is God and what's God up to in my life? Or maybe you're just here today and you go, man, I just feel like God's not doing anything with me. Like, God, what do, you, what do you want from me? I'm just doing my thing. I'm, I'm in the rat race. I'm in the grind. Like, whatever it is, uh, I don't know. God, is there something else for me? I'll take a minute to just rest with that, with Jesus. And after a moment of silent prayer, I'm, I'm just going to invite the, the, the worship team to lead us again in that song, Available. And whether you feel like you heard something from God or not, or whether you feel like you just want to hear something from God, I want to invite us to close with that song as, as a prayer. Um, I hear you call, I am available. I say, yes, Lord, just like Samuel did, just like Jesus did, right? Jesus said yes all the way to the cross for us. And so I just want to invite us to take a moment in, in silence together and ponder those things that we heard um, asking the word of God to speak to our hearts now and inviting you if you feel so led to, to pray in song. Uh, here I am. Let's pray together.